You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody and we're back again after yet another unexpected hiatus. Well, there you go, that's just my life I'm afraid, lots of things going on. Of course, um, I like to think that we'll try and get a show done come hell or high water, but uh, one of the weeks was stopped by high water because uh, there was a lot of rain due to a little thing called Storm Babbitt and uh, where I am on the uh, near to the east coast down in Suffolk uh, a lot of roads got fairly deep in water and uh, unfortunately for some people um, there's a little village not too far from here called Debenham which had to be evacuated because the whole place was cut off. Um, I got sent some video by a friend uh, via Facebook. Not that I do Facebook, but they said it was uh, viewable. My wife has a Facebook account, so we could watch it, of some people in a boat uh, paddling themselves past the uh, petrol station in Stowmarket, which is at the bottom of the road where I used to live. Luckily, I used to live at the top of the hill, but um, it's quite prone to flooding there, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody going past in a in a rowing boat. Um, my friend in Needham Market got flooded because the storm drains got overloaded, and he lives down in the bottom of the valley, and the water started coming out of the drains rather than going in. So he ended up with six inches of water in his living room and his kitchen. So that's not much fun for him. Apparently the loss adjuster is going in tomorrow to tell him what's going to happen about that. So uh, lots of sympathy for him, I have to say. And uh, due to having to go and fetch my daughter from work on the uh, Sunday, uh, I was... No, sorry, the Saturday. The Saturday, not the Sunday. I uh, was driving through the country roads, which had mostly drained of water, um, and I came round a corner at about 40 miles an hour, because I was driving moderately uh, slowly, only to be confronted with about 9 inches of water in the road, which uh, I hit a bit faster than I would have liked, and uh, yes, it damaged the underbody pan on my brand new car and ripped a big chunk of it off. So that ruined my day, that's for sure. Um, and the other week um, that we didn't record, uh, Nick was busy and nobody else was available either. So there you go. Luckily, both pretty slow news weeks. So there we go. Anyway, that's enough about me and why we haven't done a show. How are you, Nick? I'm good, thank you, Simon. Yeah, it's uh, damaging your New cars just so annoying, isn't it? I've, I've had so many. I've had a number of new cars, and every time I seem to, that's during the first couple of months, there's always something. Yeah. I might, I might reverse into some debt. Oh, have you gone again, Nick? Yeah. Oh dear. <coughs> well, it seems uh, Nick is having some technical issues. We in the pre-show, uh, fire was playing up, and um, Nick kept 
suffering from the wah-wah syndrome and or dropping off the call. So uh, he's gone away to restart his machine and we're going to give it another go. And if that fails, I shall do a solo show and tell you my thoughts. But uh, hopefully a restart of his Mac and a reboot of Wire will uh, fix the problem. But uh, if not, I'll carry on regardless. Come hell or high water. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Well, right. Back. <laughs> back. Right. Let's see if we can uh, get this to hold on. And uh, if not, I'll do a solo show, Nick. And, uh, okay. Be, that makes sense. Won't rather be as... than keep plodding away at it. Yeah. But um, let's give it a go and see what happens. If it if it holds up, great. And if it doesn't, well, I'll just give my thoughts. And um, won't be as interesting as talking to you about it. But never mind. We'll have to make do. So. Okay, uh, Simon, no problem. Right. Okay. So where were we? Um. Oh, yes. Uh, so that's enough about me and my problems and why we haven't done a show. But uh, there we are. Uh, where were we? You were saying about your car, Nick. Oh, yeah. Just that. I mean, I've had a number of new cars. I've been lucky enough to be able to to buy a number, uh, well, lease a number of new cars. And that there always seems to be something within the first couple of months that you, you bump it or scratch it. Ugh, it's just... Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, with all my cars, it's always been the same. I've always managed to do something to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, my last, my last car, I think I'd had that about three months and I came out one morning to find a lovely scratch on the uh, passenger side wing which uh, looked to me like uh, some kiddie some kiddie with their bicycle had um, you know gone down the side of it it wasn't a terrible scratch but you know on a brand new car it sticks out like a sore thumb doesn't it like oh god well in a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago I was arriving home and um, revert I was. I decided I'd charge the car. It was going to be a reasonable day the next day, and I and it was a bit of a rainy evening, and I couldn't really see very clearly, even though I've got cameras all over the thing. Um, I managed to scratch it on my. Uh, I've got a post at the bottom of my drive, uh, a telegraph phone pole, and uh, managed to scratch it along the side of the telephone pole. Yeah, <laughs> now had repaired, but oh dear. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. You, I remember you saying that you took the paint off, um, chipped some yeah, paint yeah. down to the metal. Yeah, so. I gave it a good scratch. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh well. So, oh anyway, here we go. Well, fortunately, it was fortunately it wasn't metal. It was down to plastic. So. Oh well, whatever you know. Annoying as annoying as anything. Let's just put it that way. Um, like I say, I know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about this body pan. I'll have to speak to Mobility about it, I guess. I mean, they didn't put it there for no reason, but most modern cars have a plastic underbody these days, which seems to be 90% there to just prevent the bottom of the car getting covered in road gunge. You know, those of us out of our age can remember crawling underneath a family car finding it covered with like an inch of road gunge (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean it's probably helps with the aerodynamic yeah so it's probably worthwhile getting done yeah yeah it would have to be uh, because it wasn't like i chipped a bit out of it i've ripped off like about somewhere between a third and a half of it got ripped away it kind of split 
pretty much down the middle, I think, and then one side of it tore off. So, um, yeah, <laughs> when you stick your head under there now, you can see all the gubbins at the back wheels, you know, the, I don't know, the, what, the differentials or whatever they are. So, there we go. Anyway, that's enough of that. So, we had... Um, we had two slow news weeks, really, so it wasn't the end of the world that we didn't record because there wasn't a lot to talk about. I mean, there was a total non-event, of course, where everybody's expecting maybe a new iPad. And what did we get? A pencil, a cheaper pencil, um, and a somewhat confusing pencil at that, to be honest. Uh, it's got a USB socket, which is covered with a sliding barrel which is nice doesn't come off apparently um so unlike the pencil one you can't lose the uh, the cap but it doesn't charge magnetically like the pencil two and it doesn't have um it doesn't have pressure support so it's not quite as good as the pencil one or the pencil two and it works with most ipads but not quite all of them i think and it doesn't have pressure support and it's cheaper but not that much cheaper i think it's coming in at about 80 pounds in this country um not sure what to make out of that one to be honest what about you nick yeah it seems a bit of a strange decision doesn't it to to make a slightly cheaper one uh, there's plenty of other plenty of other devices i don't know why apple would choose to do that you know often they do things i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, I I don't quite. I mean, I think it, I can't remember if it was ATP or one of the other podcasts I listened to. They were saying, well, they kind of had to introduce it because it's USB C, and most of the iPads are USB C, but not all of them have the magnetic charging and um, pairing. Uh, and the pencil one obviously is not compatible with a with a you know a, a newer USB-C iPad that doesn't support the Pencil 2 and oh well I mean I, I definitely was um, ATP you had a long bit where they were all complaining about what a mess the iPad lineup appears to be in with all these different models which were all slightly different and um, well not yeah. so much a mess but at the moment horribly confusing but the iPad always seems to have suffered from that because they've got iPad, iPad Air, and iPad Pro, which all seem to be on different release schedules. So you get this weird period where they'll update the Air and then it's as good or possibly even slightly better than the bottom end of the Pro range until they catch up and then update the Pros and then they jump ahead again. And then you've got the basic iPad, which is pretty much aimed, I think, at, you know, people like you and me who don't want to do drawing or, you know, film editing or anything. Um, yeah, it is a bit, a bit confusing. And there's only certain times where it seems to be in the good, better, yeah. best layout. And this, yeah, like you, <clears throat> I, I don't quite get what the pencil is for. And it still doesn't work across all of the iPads, which, again sort of seems to defeat the object it, it's just weird and if you want a cheaper ped pen seal pen seal stylus whatever you wish to call it and you don't want to um you're not bothered about pressure sensitivity then something like the the crayon or is it belkin who make the crayon would seem like a much better bet and a lot of people have been talking about how this is probably aimed at schools 
but it still has to be paired with a device, whereas the crayon doesn't. I mean, Donnie has said that the crayons are ideal because you can just have a like a basket of them on the table so his students can just pick up an iPad and pick up a, a crayon and be ready to go. So yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't get that at all. But I, I, I agree with you. I think I think the uh, the iPad lineup itself is confusing. It that it's un, unclear when you decide if you decide to buy one, which is best for you. I mean, first of all, you've got to choose which size you want, and then do you want a pro or do you not want a pro? And yeah, it's just become too complex. And I think Apple should give it a bit of a shake up, really, and make it much simpler. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody likes to re- reference the thing when you know Steve said, like, you could put all of our products on this table. Now, not necessarily all the variations, but you know, there's the t- like, you know, two phones, two laptops. Um, you know, an iPad, whatever, you know, an Apple TV, whatever. But, uh, you know, the guys on ATP said, you know, you could fill a table just with the different iPads. (laughs) Never mind, (laughs) you know, never mind start worrying about the the, the sort of variations they're on with, um, you know, storage and you'd need three or four, I think. But um, there we go. But that was a total non-event. And then, of course, uh, this bit was a bit more juicy and something we, you know, you know, we like to mock the predictors <laughs> on this show. Well, of course, they were nearly all saying, no, nothing, that's it, it's done. Because, you know, people like us and Guy and uh, from the, you know, the MyMac podcast and Carl and Co on uh, over at Mac and Forth, you know, and uh, in touch with iOS, all those, all of us were saying, well, you know, there could be another event. There could be another event. It wouldn't be um, unheard of for Apple to do a, an October event or a November event That's and, right. and bring us something else. And um, I'm not sure about German, but certainly Ming-Chi Kuo and I think possibly German were all kind of, no, 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 that's it. Everything's been pushed back to 2024. Nothing else for the rest of the year. That's your lot. Um, and then all of a sudden they all started walking that back and we're going, oh, the rumours are flying that there could be an event in, uh, you know, in October. Um, I think they'd got a whiff because then all of a sudden, um, having covered their asses so that they could be right either way, as per usual, uh, Apple <laughs> popped up and said, ha ha, surprise, we're going to have an event on the 30th of October. And we'll talk about that in a minute, Nick, because that's a very, very weird, um, from an Apple event perspective, a very, very strange event. Um mm. Uh, but before we go on to that, was there anything else I want to say? Um, no, I think we'll do, we'll do that, and then uh, we'll we can talk about uh, the other bits and bobs afterwards. So because uh, okay. that's the main okay. that's the main meat of the, of the show, really. So um, obviously, Apple have announced an event called Scary Fast, um, which kind of implies that they're going to release something which is you know upgraded and faster and better and all the usual things that us techno people love so much and salivate over um and to go with that the animation is the apple logo morphing into the finder icon which was previously the classic mac os logo and i'm gonna have my grumpy man hat on here and say uh when this was first released i saw a lot of people uh on blogs and you know posting on uh you know x twitter and so on calling it the happy mac and it's not 
the Happy Mac. The Happy Mac is the little compact Mac with a smiley face designed by Susan Kerr and uh, appeared on, you know, the original Macs and later. And um, it later on was updated to be a sort of 8-bit color version. That's the Happy Mac. The Mac OS slash Finder icon is something different. And for those who uh, care about such things, I remember reading when they introduced that logo, which has changed a bit over the years, but is still recognizably what it is. It is two faces. There is the darker blue color with half a smiley face, which represents the Macintosh screen. And the other half is a human smiling at their happy computer. And it was designed to represent the uh, combination of, you know, human and computer working in harmony and uh, designed <clears throat> to represent what uh, Apple's OS was uh, meant to do. So there you go. That's my pedantry and grumpy old man hat. Um, I'll now cast that aside and say I was glad to hear on um, several podcasts by people who uh, are longer-term Mac users um, refer to it quite correctly as the Mac classic Mac OS slash Finder icon face. So there we go. Just get that off my chest. You know. <laughs> get off my lawn. There we are. So anyway, that, of course, is in itself quite unusual, isn't it? Because that really, really says this is a Mac event, nothing else. It's a Mac event, and it's something scary fast. Um, and speculation has then run rampant. So, um, you know, we'll talk, we can talk about that, and then we can probably throw our own speculation into it. But partly why we decided to do a show today rather than after the event, because I think for once, speculating will be quite fun, because nobody has got a clue. Uh, German and co, yeah. and Mr. Ming-Chi Kuo, <laughs> I think have been bold a complete googly, and have got no idea what's going on, which is really fun for us, because it's not all been ruined by Mr. German going, I know exactly what's going to come, and it'll be this, 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 and this. They've got no idea. Ha 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 there we are there we are so um have you got any thoughts about the you know strangely um specific invite yeah i mean obviously the, the scare really fast is because it's near um well particularly at the time they put it out as well it's very near halloween so obviously i wouldn't be a bit surprised if there's not some shenanigans to do with halloween um during the show no um which is a little unusual because it's a little unusual that um, they're going for Max as well. You know, late oh dear, you're breaking up a bit there. You're breaking up a bit there, Nick. Can you say that again? Just said that um, it's unusual that it's a Mac event. I wouldn't, wouldn't this normally be an iPad event? Quite often, yes, it would normally be. I think this sort of the October time is usually iPads? Yes, Vinny, it is. Quite right. <laughs> oh, thank you, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny knows. Vinny knows. Sorry, my wife's carer has arrived, so that sent him into... That sent him into... Look at me, look at me. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Sorry there, we got uh, interrupted by Vinny the dog, and... Um, Whilst I was dealing with that, Nick has dropped off yet again. So uh, 
I'm going to press on. Nick's decided to abandon the match uh, for perfectly good reasons. So I'll have to carry on alone, which is not as much fun as talking to Nick about it. But there we go. Um, there's lots of speculation going around, obviously. Um, yes, it was quite unusual for Apple to be so strangely specific with a scary fast and a finder face. Usually October or, you know, autumn time is quite often the uh, iPad um, or an iPad event, although quite often iPads also get refreshed in the spring. It's all very strange. Um, lots of speculation flying around everywhere. Uh, so I'm going to mention a few speculations and throw my own into the ring. Um, scary fast, as Nick said there. Um, I'm pretty sure Apple might uh, have a little bit of, you know, Halloween tomfoolery. Um, some people have laughingly said, would, uh, you know, will Tim come on stage and do his good evening? Um, whilst, you know, wearing some sort of Halloween costume, that would be amusing. Not sure that that's quite Tim. Uh, one of the better suggestions I heard, and I think this was on ATP, but, um, was, you know, that, uh, Craig. Craig is always up for a laugh. He's quite jovial and doesn't mind, uh, you know, sort of sending himself up a bit. Uh, and they suggested that perhaps Craig would appear in full uh, vampire get-up, which would be amusing, I have to say. Um, I could see uh, see that. There might be a few, you know, maybe they'll chuck a couple of Halloween gags in there. I'm not sure. Um but this event seems strange in other ways. It's unusual for Apple to be so specific. Also, it's on a Monday, not a common day for uh, Apple events. Usually a Tuesday, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. Tuesday seems to be their favoured day for doing events. Um, this is an online event only. There's no uh, hands-on area uh, and nobody has been invited. You know, no press or anybody have been invited, which sends a slightly different message to what you'd expect if it's a hardware release. Who knows what's going on there? Um, also, it's at uh, 5 p.m., uh, you know, Pacific time, so 5 p.m., end of the working day in Cupertino. Very, very strange. Uh, that makes it uh, 8 p.m., I believe, on the East Coast. And for those of us in the UK, uh, the clocks have changed today going forward an hour. So I believe that will make the... Uh, timing of the event here in uh, the uk 1 a.m i shall stay up and watch it but uh you know i'm pretty sure most people will be fast asleep in their beddy buys at that time so that seems unusual although of course being a global brand whatever time apple do an event some people somewhere it's going to be at a stupid time um I've heard some speculation that it's uh, 
something to do with uh, China. It will then uh, appear in uh, during the working day in China and Japan. Uh, seems slightly odd, although some people have put forward the theory that um, that uh, you know gaming might be heavily involved, and if so, it would be good for um japan to have the event during the working day so that perhaps people from nintendo or sony or whatever could appear uh but it's all pre-recorded so i'm not sure what that's about um i don't think i've ever known apple to do uh, you know an after afternoon event let alone um early evening that's very strange in and of itself um the biggest speculation of course is scary fast and that means people are looking at m3s that's slightly weird in itself again because the word on the street was that the m3s are really only now going into full production that could mean that apple are going to unveil some products that are not yet available um there's also uh, a lot of chatter about the um three nanometer you know debate um the guys on uh, atp had a long and fairly speculative discussion amongst themselves <clears throat> sorry um about the differences between the different three nanometer processors currently available and that is that the um a17 pro which is a three nanometer process was made with what's known as n3b um and uh yes that's b for bertie um and that the mainstream process will be N3E for Echo, um, which apparently is slightly different, less logic dense, but uh, has a higher yield rate and is probably the best process for mass production. And that further down the line, there will be uh, an N3P uh, or peter and uh there we go all that's uh you know been thrown into the mix um once if we say you know if we say and this is a big if of course scary fast means m3 the next thing that comes up is what machines what macs are going to be blessed with the first m3s and this is where speculation goes wild because um i think Apple have bowled the analysts and the predictors a complete googly here. I don't think there's been any real leaks as to what they might be doing. Nobody really has a clue, which is annoying for people like Ming Chi Kuo and Mr. German and others. But great fun for all us podcasters and technophiles and Apple watchers because for once, Nobody really knows. Nobody can spoil it by letting out the secret. And it gives us all a good chance to uh, postulate our own theories. So, um, obviously, one that's a top candidate and lots of people have been saying is the quote-unquote obvious candidate is the iMac. 
because the iMac has, you know, was introduced with an M1 uh, and has then basically sat for, what, a year and a half, two years, not quite sure exactly, with no updates at all. No M2 version, uh, you know, no M1 Pro version. Uh, could that be, uh, you know, getting the M3? Seems like a possibly odd choice. I, I mean, the iMac is obviously a good seller, but it's definitely a consumer machine. Does it need an M3? Does it need an update? Probably, but wouldn't an M2 do that? Um, that's not clear to me. I have no real idea. Obviously, I would say that the iMac certainly is in need of a of a gentle refresh. Um, the Air, the MacBook Air, is usually the first or one of the first machines to get a new chip because, as far as I can figure out, the MacBook Air is probably Apple's biggest selling uh, Mac. Uh, it's massively popular. You know, it's one of the cheapest models, quote unquote cheapest, in the line. Um, there's that was is normally traditionally the first you know to get an m series processor but it's only just been refreshed with the m2 not that apple care about such things if they want to put an m3 in it they damn well will go ahead and do so so that's a possible candidate although it seems a bit quick but who can tell um Lots of talk, of course, about the Mini. I mean, uh, the big, you know, one of the biggest things coming in speculation and uh, postulation is that why do an event apparently suddenly at the end of October? Um, the obvious comment for that, of course, is Apple and America in particular will be going into what they call the holiday buying season, which is, of course, Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas and, uh, you know, the other festivities uh, that others may indulge in if they're not of the Christian faith of which we, you know, know there are quite a lot. But uh, the middle of, you know, Northern Hemisphere winter is very commonly a time of some sort of festival, regardless of your religion. And uh, thus, holiday buying season, which would indicate or at least imply that Apple would be focusing on um, consumer machines, which again throws the iMac, the MacBook Air, and of course the Mini into the uh, into the arena. Now, the other thing that then comes up is what about some of the other machines? But most of the other machines run Pro or Max uh, variants of the M series, which obviously, um, usually you would expect to come later in the cycle. Now, it is possible that, you know, now that we've reached a kind of post-COVID uh, situation, yeah, okay, let's say allegedly post-COVID, but um, let's not get into that debate, um, that supply chains and such like are stabilising and getting back to a more normal um you know, flow, 
Could it be that rather than having to do an M3 and then an M3 Pro and Max and then, um, you know, the Ultra following on later, could it be that they could launch all of these or at least the, say, the Pro, um, maybe not the Max and the Ultra together? Um, it's possible. It's possible. Um, I've no idea what TSMC, you know, uh, production can handle or um, can manage all in one go. Could they ship enough if they were doing all of them this early, you know, this early in the production cycle of a new chip? Um, if they can do, say, the M3 and the M3 Pro, um, that would certainly, you know, put the mini definitely in the lineup but then again um why you know would you want to put your new scariest fastest shiniest new processor in the consumer machines first rather than the others if you were going for just the m3 base chip then that would make sense because it's quite likely even with whatever gains they can get by shrinking the die size and all the other benefits they can get out of it, lower power consumption and more more flippity flops per microwatt or however they measure these things. Um you might say that even with all those advantages, an M3 base still doesn't outperform uh, an M2 Pro or an M2 Max. Um difficult, difficult, difficult to to judge. Um, if they can do a pro, then the mini would uh, almost certainly, I would expect, to be in the mix. The pro machines, uh, well, those usually use pro or max or ultra chips. I, I just personally can't see them all getting a refresh at once. I mean, maybe Apple will only promise new machines, and this event is going to be mostly about telling us about the M3 and where it's going. Um, in the pre-show, by the way, talking about things being scary fast and a finder icon, Nick wondered if perhaps they've re-architected re the finder. Obviously, that wouldn't warrant, uh, there would be hardly likely to warrant a full-blown event in and of itself, but that could, you know, if they've redone something in the finder or maybe re redone the finder in some way that might um might be of interest there's a lot of talk of course as well that the m3 is likely to be based on the a17 pro which of course is uh was heavily marketed on the fact that it can now do ray tracing and all sorts of lovely graphical chips which make it good for gaming this also then in you know leads to the speculation by various people that um you know it will be maybe fairly heavily gamer uh gamer inspired and that uh, perhaps some triple a games might be launching on the mac uh aimed particularly at m3 with new shiny ray tracing abilities it's anybody's call it's anybody's call um if i was going to throw some money down i'm not a gambling man but if i was going to throw some money down i would say i would put my money on a new imac 
or a, a refreshed iMac, not a new iMac. I don't think they would bother to re-architect the whole the whole model. Um, lots of us would like to see a larger iMac. I'm not sure I can see that coming. I'm not sure Apple even believe there's a big enough market for that. Um, who could say? I, for one, certainly miss the larger 27-inch iMac form factor. Um, it's a machine I used quite a long time, and I, you know, I dearly, dearly loved that uh, that option, especially with a, you know, a second uh, attached display. Um, I would say uh, a refreshed iMac might be M2, might be some sort of M2 Plus, as it were, if it was juiced up. Um, could be an M3, could be an M3, hard to say, hard to say. Um, I would say almost certainly a Mac Mini with M3 and possibly a MacBook Air. I don't think that the Pro machines are going to get a refresh yet. I would expect those to come in the spring with uh, Pro and Max M3. But nobody knows, which is the joy, the joy of uh, being able to watch the event. So uh, I think that's probably most of it covered. Um, Games, games would be nice. Games would be nice. Uh, It would be nice to see the Mac, you know, moving to be a premium gaming platform. Apple have always talked about it and never really come through. So that's hard to, you know, hard to predict. But they do seem to be making a push. Um, might we hear something more about the uh, about the Vision Pro? Possibly, possibly. Um, some people I've heard making the speculation that maybe the uh, the Vision Pro might get you know uh, upgraded to an M3 before it even ships. Possible. Uh, Apple didn't make a huge amount out of the fact it was an M2 powered product when they you know when they uh, previewed it. They made an awful lot of, uh, no, they made an awful lot of yardage or hay, as it were, about the R1, the, you know, the signal processing chip, which is what actually apparently makes the Vision Pro what it is. Um, so it's possible they could put, an, you know, maintain the R1 and stick in an M3 and that before the thing even um, comes out of the gate. Seems unlikely to me, but what the hell do I know, you know? Um, And there we go. I think that's probably covered the possibilities there. Um, If it's gaming, then maybe if there's gaming involved, I would expect to see something about the Vision Pro, perhaps. But then again, the Vision Pro wasn't really pitched as um as a gaming rig it, they tried to make themselves distinctly apart from the quest and the um psvr and the various other uh, gaming centered you know virtual reality products so that would be uh, possible but perhaps a little off message for that product um what else has been happening what else has been happening um well uh obviously the uh, killers of the flower moon uh which is apple's uh martin scorsese led movie has been in the cinemas uh apparently it's not done stellarly in its first weekend or first week i think it's taken about 45 million uh dollars 
um, or made 45, I'm not sure how that works, um, on a 200 million outlay, which I think most films would consider to be a flop, but maybe it will, you know, rake some more in over the next week or two. Um, obviously, it's coming to uh, Apple TV+. Plus, um, and maybe they're hoping... Obviously, putting uh, their movies into theatres is clearly an Oscar pitch. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the main reason that Apple put anything into theatres or cinemas, whatever you want to call it, um, is to get into the Oscars, uh, you know, nominations race. Um, also, of course, uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon is coming to theatre soon, and then again, obviously, to um, to Apple TV later. Um, apparently, as something like a four-hour running time extended version movie. Um, Ridley Scott, possibly a big draw. Uh, Napoleon, interesting character, interesting life story. Could, you know, could draw a lot of people, but still not sure about that one either. Um, that, you know, will that drive, will that drive subscriptions? Would, um, you know, does the star power of Leonardo DiCaprio or whoever else, you know, bring enough people to take up an Apple TV subscription? Um, and talking of Apple TV and, uh, service subscriptions in general, Apple have just hiked the price, um, for what, the second time in well i think it's about a year since they hiked it last time and this is not an inconsiderable hike um here in the uk for example apple tv has gone from uh 6.99 to 8.99 you know that's a that's a sort of 30 percent Hike, uh, following on one from last year, which was also fairly considerable. Um, I like Apple TV a lot, but I have to say, do I like it, you know, nearly £10 a month? Um, seems like quite a lot. Uh, and uh, I could see myself perhaps dropping Apple TV subscription uh, until there's something on I want to watch. You know, it, it it's a possibility. I like Apple TV. I like the stuff they have on, but it doesn't have the content that other some other streaming services have. Um, I mean, I had a subscription to Paramount because there were some things on there I wanted to watch. I let that lapse because, uh, despite the fact that they have a pretty big catalogue on Paramount, they don't have enough stuff to keep me, uh, you know, on board. I watched the things that appealed to me. Um, I watched the Halo series. I watched the uh, uh, the thing with Sly Stallone, um, King of uh, was King of Tulsa. I watched that. I enjoyed that. Um, but it didn't have enough stuff to keep me there. Um, I will be, you know, I keep my eye on that. Something comes along that I find intriguing. I might, you know, shell out for a month subscription to that. Um, Netflix are apparently putting their prices up yet again, but they've got a hell of a lot of content. They have a lot of content and they produce a lot of, you know, series. They are constantly churning out series. Unfortunately, they also have a nasty habit of killing series. Um, 
much to my chagrin quite often because the shows I tend to like often I get really into them and they get you know to the end of the first or second season and then ugh, they cut off in their prime um which is annoying but you know their throughput is enough to keep me attached and if you only need the basic one or two screen streaming it's not that expensive um and you know apple hiking their price to sort of on a par with netflix seems a little bit of a challenging ask so um not sure how that's going to pan out um the bundles uh i haven't checked out the prices but they've all had a big hike a lot to go along with it um i think a lot of people might be reconsidering whether it's worth having the bundle or whether they could you know maybe drop news or arcade and just only pay for what they want seems also a strange time for apple to be doing that global headwinds and cost of living and all that thing is that a good time to be jacking your prices up time will tell time will tell um and uh i think that's probably about it for now obviously the uh, i'm recording this on a sunday and the event is tomorrow um I shall be staying up, as I say, to watch it. I'll be very, very interested to find out what comes. And that means next week, technical issues, uh, hopefully aside, uh, Nick and I and anybody else from the, uh, you know, the essential Apple crew who's available might get together and have a good old chinwag about what it was all about and probably laugh at our stupid predictions when apple have done something completely different and uh, made us all look like idiots but there you go so i shall do the wrap up which is uh you can find me still on x twitter as at serenak and that's s-e-r-e-n-a-k uh you can find me under that same handle on uh mastodon um and i'm on the at social instance and uh i am on blue sky as well again under the same handle but uh i don't really go on there because i've not really figured out what that's all about um truth be told you know these other networks without as much traction as twitter had um they just don't seem to have the same appeal and of course that whole thing is shattering and splintering and siloing and i suspect to some extent to the detriment of all of them um in some ways it feels a bit like going back to the older days when we used to have aol messenger and aim messenger and msn messenger and all of those and most of us used to end up with a sort of uh some app which somehow could uh you know bring them all together so uh i'm pretty sure that uh the splintering of social uh media into half a dozen silos is not necessarily a great thing although i 
totally agree that Twitter seems to be going down the tubes, and I'm on there less and less, I will admit. So there we go. Um, Thank you to all the people who listen. Thank you to everybody who supports the show in all the usual ways by giving us money or beer or uh, retweeting our stuff. Not that I tweet it anymore because Twitter pulled the API that allowed the website to automatically tweet when I posted new episodes. So, you know, that's another reason that uh, that's all gone sideways. And uh, it's getting quite late and I'm getting hungry. So I think at this point I'm going to sign off and say hopefully I'll see you next week when we will be able to talk about what actually occurred at Apple's scary fast Halloween in brackets possibly event. Until then, have a good week and uh, bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the Geekiest Show Ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. Central Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.